Howdy, HBO boys. I just want to say the thank you guys for having me as a guest. Yeah. Podcast. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, James. We are. I, You know, whenever you're around, the podcast is uh, substantially better. So I thank you for... I've also found that, yeah. Gracing, fuck you, the area, the wow. air, uh, the audio waves with your presence. I, I'm sure the audience is fucking <laughs> bouncing out of their goddamn gourds right now. I feel, here. I yeah. feel unnecessary. I've been very busy, guys. I, we, we had another kid and moved to another country. <laughs> Damn. Just keep hopping out, kids, and traversing countries. Yeah, how was Moon Knight? Was it any good? <laughs> so you how many episodes did you watch james i watched up to the third one but then i listened to you guys recap the rest oh and wonderful so that well, was all i needed <laughs> thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it <laughs> yeah i uh i describe it as marvel getting up to the plate and hitting a foul ball at least they swung but they didn't hit it anywhere of worth I think Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight in the future will be interesting to insert into whatever phase Kevin Feige decides to. I think adding Oscar Isaac to the MCU is a net positive. I just think that Kaiju Kanchu and uh, whatever Ushapti come to life. Amit, thank you very much, Adam. I I didn't find it all that interesting. Also, the final battle had the most interesting part of it uh, not in it because, oh, there's a third personality and you can't see it. What did you think, Adam? Uh, Well, (laughs) that was a great recap. (laughs) Um, I liked the the show, but like you said, the ending of it was (laughs) a little less to be desired, you know? Or left a lot to be desired, excuse me. But um, something that I read after it, and I don't think we ever talked about it when we did our recap, but they said that the third personality, boy, it escapes me now, his name. Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley. Rich, Has been Italian. in it since, since episode one. Describe further what you mean by that. There was an article that was released. One of the creators says that he indeed was present since episode one. Well... Yeah. In, in different ways. Yeah. I mean, during blackouts, question mark? Blackouts, uh, little hints uh, of actions that happened. I didn't read the in detail it, but I just saw that headline and I was like, huh. Sure. Well, kind of sucks that he wasn't in it more. Yeah. I would argue that the showrunner having to tell us that is bad yeah. storytelling. <laughs> Big problem. <laughs> there was also supposed to be a cameo from a character from The Eternals. But then sure. it was decided uh, late on that whatever was going to be established by that Eternals connection was no longer going to be canon. And we have no idea what that relates understood. to. Understood. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's less egregious than changing all of Falcon and the Winter Soldier for whatever reason they did to make it a complete softball. But mm-hmm. It was fine, and I'll watch the second season if we do a podcast about... I mean, I will watch the second season. At this point, I am still a MCU completionist, and at least when it comes to the TV shows and the movies. 
So, yeah. I mean, I watched Doctor Strange three days after Moon Knight. Right. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will also say I was watching and doing a podcast with my boy, Adam, at the same time about Outer Range as watching Moon Knight. And I liked Outer Range better. Hmm. Yeah. It has its faults, but it it is a pretty good show. Did you listen to any of our episodes about Outer Range? Slash, have you watched any of it? No, I've only listened to you guys talk about it. And I I have I've built up a picture of what the show must look like in my head without it's it's almost a one to one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do a pretty great job. It's dark. Josh Brolin's there. Yep, you can't. You literally can't see it. So right, they did take a page out of the uh, the Night King battle in Game of Thrones, where they were like, "Let's not show anybody anything." <laughs> I didn't watch Game of Thrones, and I heard about that fucking thing. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, by the way, we're the HBO boys. <laughs> This is the HBO Boys podcast. The podcast. But for now. <laughs> James and Ryan, the the original HBO Boys, back together again with our boy Adam. And I'll just be here in the corner. Chad's not here because his throat is on fire or something like that. Which- Chad's got COVID for the 16th time. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, stop entering it into his your body purposely, you know? You're just eating COVID sandwiches. It's going to happen. Dad, you have to stop going to the water park, all right? <laughs> and drinking all the water. Why would you do that? Stop licking the glass. Ugh, gross. <laughs> so, yeah, Outer Range and Moon Knight, that is our past. And now we will enter our present before we get to our future. And our present coming up here real soon. We have a present for you. Oh, my shit. Yeah, nice. See, this is why we need you. <laughs> It is home, a HBO Boys D&D experience, a whole campaign that will be on this channel, uh, and it is entitled Home. I'll be DMing it. Chad, Adam, and James will be playing it. But before we get to that, James brought up a good point. We should dive into our HBO Boys-based D&D history, the first of which was the James DM'd Call to Cthulhu campaign, which Mm. if you have not listened to, you must you fucking have to. Me, Adam, and Sam are in it. James did an amazing job with all the callbacks to the shows that we had watched on the podcast. Little Easter eggs for everybody to listen to. So, James, let's go back to that time. Call to Cthulhu, mm. obviously, a uh, not D&D 5e, but sort no. of a subset of it. Uh, close enough uh, where you're rolling a D100 a whole lot of the time. Bring us back to... The moment of uh, of writing that and and how it went for you personally while running it, because we only got to see it from our side as, as playing it, but we don't really right. have that inside baseball track. So this was during what I thought was like a really good period of the pod when we were running dueling podcasts, recapping Lovecraft Country and yep. Raised by Wolves. And, like, we had very strong feelings about them in the beginning that, like, totally flipped by the show's ends. And I don't know. I like, I'm just a fan of HP Lovecraft shit to begin with. And I wanted to do something on the show like this. So I think I just pitched it in the middle of a random episode and you liked it. And then I think originally, because we wanted Sam on the show for something, it was like, Oh, oh, oh I, it was it was for sure you and Sam, and then Adam came on randomly for relationship advice, and that's yep. just yes. when I was like, "Oh, then I Adam remember should, that Adam should be in that too." And so 
the idea was pretty easy because I just was like, okay, well, Westworld in the 30s with Cthulhu monsters. Um, <laughs> and that basically wrote itself. The, the, the challenge is, and I think you, Ryan, you probably understand this too after doing the Halloween one. Because like Chad and you had a great conversation about DMing. And DMing in a normal situation is about having a fun time for the players. But if you're going to produce something to be consumed by other people, you have a second consideration of making it entertaining for the listener. Right. And if it, if the players aren't having fun, they're not going to have good energy. They're not going to be as entertaining. And, and I, I will say, I don't know your guys' perspective, but I think there were times, especially in episode two of Call of Cthulhu, where I was like, oh, this could be more fun. Hmm. Like or what specifically? Do you remember? So here's the thing. I've always felt as a player, as a DM, as someone consuming tabletop content, that basically like combat is just not fun and interesting. It's a little it's not boring fun to do. It's not fun to listen to. It's not fun to to control as the DM. And so I my philosophy going in was like as little combat as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you listen or watch like Harmontown, they have basically the same ethos like very little combat over quickly but then i thought the combat at the end of episode one went really well and was really fun i was like okay that was actually a lot better that was like really funny so maybe i'll i'll do more of it in episode two (sighs) and then it just like it went on too long and as the combat was happening at the end of episode two i was like how the fuck do i just wrap this up because like this is getting really repetitive and boring episode two is the boat fight right yes yeah yes Well, what was happening also, though, was that we were rolling obscenely well. Yeah, I remember that. There's very little drama to it. Right. It's just like, guys, you might die. We destroy everybody. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I shoot one gun, one bullet, (laughs) fucking headshot. (laughs) Everybody. Weirdly, you headshot a hundred people with that one bullet. With the, yeah, it went it went around the room like uh, that movie with whatever his face is. Did Doctor Xavier? <laughs> but the, the second so, episode, I also that. remember fondly because there was a a poker scene that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was oh, filled yes, with uh, right. with things that I was supposed to be picking up on, and there was the scene <laughs> where the contracts got burned up. Again, if you haven't listened yes. to this, you really need to. And uh, so I, I thought the second episode was was really good. I didn't feel like it was dragging on at all as as a player who was in it. Right. I didn't feel that way either until basically the combat started, and then just it, 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 there's there's like twenty minutes of combat, and I and I and I trimmed it down in editing. So I think the things that work really well in that Call of Cthulhu one are basically. I tried to set it up like a telltale game. If you guys have played the walking dead or any of those games. Oh yes. We're yep. basically establishing branching paths, making it more about the players making a, de- a decision than defeating someone in combat. Because the, in my opinion, and this is not just like a D and D thing, just to expand on this concept. Like if you think about it from like a superhero story, or this is a huge problem in anime. If you set the, the stakes are, oh, lose this fight and the main characters die and the world ends. Then as an audience, we know, okay, well, then the good guys will win because right. the world's not going to end and all the main characters aren't going to die. And so I tried to establish stakes where like other characters in the story might die or might might like, you know, 
uh, or the stakes were not the end of the world. The stakes weren't everyone's going to die, but without in such a way that like the rules weren't being ignored or you guys didn't have like insane plot armor. Like I had plans for like, I was trying to kill Adam or Sam in episode two. Yeah, what the hell? Sure. <laughs> to bring in like a third character, maybe for the end. Uh, and it just with like, I was following the rules. It didn't happen. Cause you guys kept rolling uh, really well. So that that's really like, I think you have to set it up in such a way that, or at least this is what I was thinking that like the characters can fail without it being the end of the world. Cause if you set up the end of the world, then people will know like, just like in dragon ball Z cells, not going to win the cell games. Cause that means all the good guys are dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, you know, in hunter hunter, which you watched a little bit of, usually the stakes are, Oh, if we lose this innocent person, we'll have something bad happen to them or this situation will get a lot worse. And I also tried to think, and you guys basically got like the good ending aside from Sam going insane. Cause I also oh, spoilers, had, that was a great ending. yeah, I also had like a, a, an okay ending, like a half measure ending where things like worked out, but not all the way. And then I had like a bad ending where like nothing worked out and everything. I'd like you just to, to describe both of those endings, please. <laughs> so like the, the half measure ending is like you stop the bad guys from like making, like getting their wishes granted, but you save the kid. Mm-hmm. Our famous moral quandary, save right. the yeah. child or do the job that we're supposed to do. Right. So that was the good ending. That was the one you achieved. You stopped the bad guys and you saved the kid. The half measure endings would have been, you didn't save the kid, but you stopped the bad guys or you didn't stop the bad guys, but you saved the kid. Right. And then the bad ending would have been like, you didn't save the kid and you didn't stop the bad guys from getting <laughs> everyone's <what they> dead. <laughs> well, no, no, it wouldn't have been everyone's dead. It would have just been like the kid got sacrificed and the bad guys got more powerful and then laughed at you or some shit. (laughs) Right. The Uh, child died. (laughs) Y'all fucked up, which, which sounds funny now, but I don't Mm -hmm. think would have been, uh, maybe it would have been entertaining. The thing is like a few things. One, having called to Cthulhu be three episodes is, is very delicate because as I'll discuss soon, a one shot like the Halloween episode was, it does require some railroading. Some, mm. the characters need to go here now because this is only going to be an hour and a half to two hours and this has to happen. You're going to put them in a situation where they can fail, but you have to at least get them to that situation relatively quickly. Having Call to Cthulhu be three episodes, I think you do, I mean, nostalgically have like episode two fatigue because it's the one in the middle. It's the middle child and that one's easy to hate. But what I would also (laughs) say is when I think back on Call to Cthulhu, what I remember most is like the lawyering scene in Mm -hmm. episode three because it was combat but with words so interesting yeah and the character you were sticking up for very like could have easily died so like in terms of you guys were very much on rails in call of cthulhu like there was not really much of a choice of what would happen next in terms of like where the story would go just what would happen to the characters or what things you would learn and in terms of like you, you guys played really well according to what i was like offering as rewards for playing well the one thing you basically missed out uh, on discovering was like more or less like Dr. Chevy's backstory was like the one thing that never got like uncovered. Uh. Um, and that, and that was there to be uncovered at some point, 
but it just never happened that way. But, and, and so I think in terms of like exploration or letting people do what they want, uh, again, I think about it like a linear game. It's like, okay, well, if you look at all the, the glowing objects in the room, you might learn more about the context, but it's not going to change what's happening in the next scene, basically. Uh, mm. or this character, this NPC might be dead and not coming with you if you play a certain way. Like I was also ready to kill off James Wichisman. He just never died. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like if in the middle of a scene, Adam had just like killed him, just like shot him, I would have been like, okay, Done. and now he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but instead we got a chest full of, uh, wood painted gold for free sarsaparilla and no backstory to a gentleman named Chevy. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty good ending. I think whoever's DMing is going to do it differently. But that was my two big things that I had in mind, especially after episode two, because like in episode three, there's like a, a like five seconds of combat <laughs> with Ryan versus the sheriff. And that's what I really like about Call of Cthulhu combat is that like you get shot, you die. <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, there's not a lot of parrying back and forth uh, magic and and blocking and swords it's like he shot you and he either missed or he hit and you're done or if you're not dead you're very seriously wounded and yeah i i I think very little combat because honestly combat is boring it's boring to listen to and as a player i've played D, &D, it's boring to play combat i don't know if you feel the same way but that's that's how although ryan you could take this chance to explain our most recent little one shot in chroma yeah. Where we did have combat, and what you told me afterward is it took a turn mid-combat. Yeah, sure. So, I have, okay, I have a lot of things that are in my brain right now. Uh, <laughs> number one is, to go back to the Halloween one-shot, that got to an ending that was always going to happen, and then, based on what happened, based on agency of the players, the hook at the end changed the or the cliffhanger you could say changed based on what the players you guys did and that will follow up in the halloween 2 electric boogaloo one shot we do for this halloween this year (laughs) and yes so chroma uh, was a one shot that I wrote that JR, who uh, I think, I don't know if JR's been on this podcast, but he, he plays Apto Flintclaw in Nothing Star Academy. And uh, Adam and Chad were, we played last Friday. And that was a one shot that had a lot of railroading in it as well. But the combat, which took up a large chunk of it, at least the the second half of it was all combat. But it got all thrown out of whack because JR started making decisions that were, I'll call them illogical. But, <laughs> but I would also say they were in character. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, like, there was this kill box where everything that needed to happen happened. And all the bad guys who were very obviously bad guys at this point. At the beginning, you didn't know if they were bad guys. But now you're like, I'm pretty sure those are bad guys. They keep doing bad shit. <laughs> JR was like, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're bad guys or not. I, I, don't, I, I don't have a real read on them. So as everyone's leaving that battlefield, JR's like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay here and continue fighting the bad guys that are on the ground right now and not really fighting back. 
And then I was like, okay, well, you stay. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. The rest I of this it. is going to uh, to occur. And and then I was like, I have to go back and fucking get this guy. Like I have to I have to figure out a way to just retcon, oh no, we go back down and we go get you. But what ended up happening was there's like a final scene after that, right? That they're all the players that is supposed to be there from the beginning at, but because JR took so long in the penultimate scene they just ended up getting to the final battle as it was halfway through so they were like you see the final battle happening from afar you should have been there the whole time but you're not what do you do and then um (laughs) and then they they had to to just you know figure it out and i took all of this a, a lot of call of cthulhu into consideration and and the home game that chad runs that i'm in that we've talked about multiple times that's been going on for six years i took that into consideration as well but then also like you said james home our upcoming hbo boys D podcast is also being made for an audience so a large consideration for that is okay I need to make the setting, I need to make everything else that is not the character's decisions at least interesting enough where if all the characters make shitty decisions all the time, at least the setting and the stuff around them will be funny. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think all three of you are going to take the world that I made and make it way more interesting because... Chad's very good at this game. You're very oh, good at is. this game, James. And as much as Adam downplays, he doesn't know what he's doing. He always seems to rise to the occasion in these games and make it interesting as well. The kind of curveball that home has is that it is based off our hometown. It is based on an alternative reality where a cataclysm occurs to our hometown and y'all now have to save it. Uh, and I'm, I won't get like too deep into the minutia of of what's going on, uh, yeah. but it, you you you'll all be able to hear it soon because hopefully we're recording soon. It will come out sometime in June. But I think we can discuss like characters in it, and I guess we'll we'll do this first. The reason that home has an allowance for an alternative reality is because when a cataclysmic event happens to your hometown where your family still lives like all three of you have real life family members who live in our hometown still so if the setting is hey that town goes to shit and now you guys have to save it there is this little thing that in real life you would be like okay i need to go to my house and see if my fucking mom's alive. Like, because uh, that would obviously be my number one priority. So I offered up an alternative reality where like, hey, you can be you, but with a different life if you want to be. And I'm not going to force that upon you. In fact, I think it might be interesting if you're like, okay, but where's my wife though? In Chad's case. Uh, as uh, and But I- I'm going to leave that up to you guys as to like, what how what you want this experience to be in a setting that you don't know yet really so one thing about like the halloween one shot and it, like with a one shot like you can just have them fail and all die right that would be fine 
because mm-hmm. that's just how it ends. <laughs> but the combat I thought in that was good, and it came down to that basically we had good bants in the middle right. of the combat. The bant right. was good; it was high. Yes, Chad um, was always looking for a football. Like if someone gets their head eaten, and he's like, "Oh, where's? My, did you see my football?" Like to the headless dead guy. Yeah, and and it, I think it's easier to like go through the combat if we are cracking wise and being funny throughout. And that's why I think like for this one, even though it's it's going to be me, I think it should be like an exaggerated character of me somehow. Right. Right. That should apply to all three of you. And I'll say right. also a thing that I slightly regret about the Halloween one shot is that the bad guy did not do nearly enough damage. So like, but that also opened up the avenue for banter because you were, all of you, really not in any real danger for most of it. Towards the end, I made a conscious decision that at least one of you, and it ended up being Chad's character, would be overwhelmed with damage to the point where They truly need help. So, like, he started getting attacked by fucking birds. But, like, at some point, you and Adam, James, are just, like, taking the bad guy by the ear and taking him to jail. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's one funny. So, better than anything else. Like, better than if the bad guy was like, no, you can't do that. And two, leaving Chad back in the cornfield, who's getting fucking decimated, which is also (laughs) funny. But and, and uh, allowing for some sense of danger, but not really. Um, so what I was thinking, what you were just saying about it's like an alternate reality and we either either are ourselves or a version of ourselves. I was thinking that it would maybe make sense, like if I was the, the basically like the townie version of me. Mm. So if I didn't leave and what yeah. would that be like? So I was trying to think of how that would work in a way that would be funny, but then also not offensive to my my large amount of friends and family who are townies and and you know i'll tell you guys nobody who who none of not me not alex no one who's ever moved to a big city from a small town truly thinks it was a good idea they all regret it they won't admit it because the because the whole point of doing it is to lord it over uh your townie <laughs> right. friends sure right yeah but but they feel it in their heart um, and, and cities and, are awful it's a terrible place to be well, um, that's nice of you to, to say as you're talking to two people who currently live in their hometown still. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want nothing else at this point after living in big cities for 10 years than to get back to a small town. Um, uh, so and if, it, if I do any kind of like a parody version of that, uh, it, it's simply in good humor. Uh, and not reflective of a of a bias that I have. I love that. Um, I love that you have to <laughs> <laughs> that you you have to uh, give a preamble. Like I'm not trying to offend anybody, but this is towning me. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't go to school. Right? No, not quite like that. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to think of like a like a bad job I could have. Like I work at the hardware store or something, and I, I don't even run <laughs> yeah, the hardware right? store. I work for like a different some the guy who actually runs the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so here, here's uh, as inside baseball as it gets. I believe at this point, Adam, you're rolling a bard for this campaign. 
Sure last time, I am. I, last time I checked, Chad was rolling a wizard. James, had you decided on a uh, class to roll? I think I said cleric, but I'm not married to that. Right. I would say, and I'm not trying to sway you in any direction, but what I will say is the setting is, and this is not ruining anything, it's going to be told like the first paragraph of Home will get across this fact very quickly. The cataclysmic event that occurs is basically our hometown becomes heck on earth and it becomes like a summer home but for all the demons who were recently in hell. So, and and then you must rid our hometown of said demons, and there are many things you have to do to be able to accomplish that. And so y'all will be starting at level one, and almost everybody and everything and every creature you meet will not be level one, right? Like, Lovely. I thought to myself, it would be... It would be weird if demons who are in hell and immortal were just like, I'm weak and I'm weird. (laughs) Like, of course, every now and again, you're going to come across something that you guys can beat. But it is a setting in which you have to be very careful. Also, you'll be trying to get around the town uh, during a, a time which like you have to figure out when the demons are out because if they're out at the same time you are you're going to run into a level 20 devil and they'll just rip you to shreds so wonderful <laughs> yeah so it's it is more of a uh, strategy-based tactical mission almost every time that i'm not ever trying to force i'm literally as you said i don't think combat is interesting either so i'm trying to keep you guys out of combat constantly but that is up to you completely uh based on what your uh decisions will be and all of this is to say you guys don't have a tank currently and that could be a problem right I mean, I'm I'm trying to tailor, and I don't even know if this is important. Like, whatever class I pick to a backstory. Yeah, no, I like, I, I think I, that is. At important. first, I was thinking cleric, and I was like, okay, so I stayed in my hometown, and maybe I became a rabbi. But then South Park literally did that exact thing with Carmen. So yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, sure. So if, maybe if I work at the hardware store, I could be an artificer. But then that's not a tank either. So maybe I could be like drugged out loser James and be a rogue. <laughs> right. Wow. But maybe that's offensive. No, I, mean, I don't think it's offensive. What I'll, I, I, listen, I just, all I'm saying is one of you needs to be able to take a hit for the love of God. And if you know, rogue? what's up? Rogues what's are a, not hardy. What's my, rogues what are about a, li- a bard? Rogues are a little hardy. Uh, bard is kind of. I know nothing. You have to teach me. You'll, you're, 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 you're easy to kill. I'll say that. If, awesome. If somebody, Great. If somebody gets next to you, they can chop you in half for sure. Wonderful. I'll just fucking pied my piper and exactly let them chop my dick off. You have a lot of crowd control and okay. you have the ability to make people and creatures not get near you. Okay. And also, if Chad is actually playing a wizard, you, he can pump a lot of damage. But there are going to be moments where like the thing you ran into is right in front of you. Choose which <laughs> one of you is getting punched. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, then maybe I'll be a rogue. Then I guess at least we have somebody who can take a hit. Yeah. 
And uh, within this coming week, y'all have to roll your characters. Uh, there's a very fun thing that I think is going to come out of Adam's character, as he will not be a regular bard. He has a Lovely. backstory that infers who he's going to be. And uh, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. And, you know, I I wrote, I, I did this specifically, mainly because I wanted to learn more about our hometown and through writing this campaign, I have learned an incredible amount about the history of where we come from. Really? And it's and as much of that history is baked into the campaign. So, like, you'll be playing D&D, but at the same time, we are all going to learn <laughs> things uh, simultaneously <laughs> about the place that we grew up. Which right on. I'm really excited about. Right. For for example, Clinton Connecticut, named after George Clinton from yeah. the uh, <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. It is not. It is named after like a like a, a Pennsylvanian governor or something stupid. Yeah, well, it's named after yeah, the, the gov- <laughs> a very beloved and famous governor of New York. Yeah, oh, yeah, New York. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, let's go to an ad real quick and then we'll be right back and continue to talk about what we're talking about. Continue to talking about what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not good at transitions, Adam. Okay. I'm sorry. You can't. Jesus. I you're love like, it. You're like all over my back. Love it. You keep being you. You keep being you. They sh- they should have named Cl- Clinton after the guy from Parliament Funkadelic, though. That they should have. <laughs> they should have had some future sight and been able to do that. So before I move on to the HBO boys future that is other than home, which is upcoming, do you guys have any questions about the campaign or anything I can just entry into gleaning anything about it? Do you care? I don't know. Is it always going to just be the three of us or will there be guest spots? There will be guest spots. Ooh. There will be NPCs that are played by people who are in Nothing Star Academy. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... They'll be either pre-recorded or just on the call and you guys won't know about it. Love it. Or at least they'll enter the call when they need to be. Actually, you know what's funny? I, uh, uh, we're talking about over and over again how we we think combat is boring. Mm. So uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of Nothing Star, James, but. I have. I listened to a lot of it. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to the finale, but the finale is one long combat. and I haven't listened. I, uh, I, I, while writing it, I was really taking into account that, like, the amount of time that you, as an audience, would hear, like, swords clashing or Mm. a magic spell going off. I wanted that to be as minimal as humanly possible. And I wanted as much story baked in to, to keep it going. In fact, I think. It recently came out, what was that, three days ago? Mm. And by the way, mm-hmm. all of season one of Nothing Star is now up on Spotify and Apple. You can listen to it all and binge it all if you haven't gotten to listen to it. Nothing Star Academy, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think I think the episode came out really well. I think it's very fast-paced in a way oh. where other episodes, I, I call them uh, um, excursion episodes, just times where characters get out into the world and it's supposed to feel a little bit less scripted than it actually is, like including Whistlepigs 11 and A Day with Gregory Brintz. Those have a slower pacing to them where like you can listen to it once and really get all of it 
if you wanted to, if you were listening mm-hmm. closely. I truly don't think you could listen to the Battle of Nothing Star once and get all of it. It is a lot of shit. It's very, very dense, which is a little bit regrettable because I think it will lose some people along the way. But there are as many Easter eggs as I could put in from the first season, as much as I could. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it holds people's attention. But I am a little... I am a little wary of it. You know, you're your own worst critic mm. when you're being creative. That's true. You know what? Adam? That's where you learn and, and uh, f- patch it up in season two. Yeah, or right. patch up the, you know, the fix it drawbacks. In post. <laughs> yeah, fix it in post. That's all you got to do. Yeah, no. Well, I can't fix it in post now. It's, that shit's out there. But <laughs> It's out there. <laughs> fix it in post, post. Yeah, post, post, post. So uh, we have... Uh, also on the docket for the HBO boys, we have a new season of Westworld coming out, which Ooh. some HBO boys history. This show started as the Westworld podcast, basically bandwagoning Westworld. Uh, James coming to me one day and being like, if we call it the Westworld podcast and we get that name first, pretty cool. And like, I think all of the legacy listeners we have are from that time because we got the name, the Westworld podcast, which was very searchable and a very good idea by our boy, James. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wanted, I said like, what's next after Game of Thrones? And you were like, Westworld. Right. And so that was the plan. I was like, let's just call it the Westworld podcast. <laughs> Done. Because then people will just look for that and find it and assume it's the one. And uh, I like this was perfect timing just when podcasts like exploded. Yeah, it was Rogan and us. Seven or eight Westworld <laughs> podcasts at the same time. I'm talking about like amateur podcasting. Like really mm-hmm. took off. Yeah, it didn't have a companion podcast yet. Like now, and every HBO show has a companion does. podcast. Yeah, even right. Peace. Yeah, Peacemaker had a, pa- a companion one. I think we referenced it when we did ours. And so, like, there was an ongoing joke that we were the hated rivals of Westworld, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we really created that controversy from nothing uh, which i think was also it, they played along as well yeah they did play along <laughs> which was amazing drama does breed views <laughs> and by the way those are still the most listened to episodes of our podcast the first season of uh of westworld i go back and listen to them now and just cringe the entire time mm. <laughs> because uh first of all the entire first season of our westworld podcast i was recording at 7 a.m eastern standard time on the monday after it aired and so i was tired 100 percent of the time uh, but also like our mics were bad I had mm. not figured out how to edit anything yet. And you were editing as well. We, we were both figuring that out. But I don't know. We talked about the show, which was nice. And the show is coming back for season four, coming out June 26th, 2022. And we're going to do it, obviously. We can't. It, literally, Sam said to me earlier today, she was like, are you even excited to watch Westworld? I was like, no, absolutely not. Zero <laughs> percent. And she was like, then just don't do a podcast about it. I was like, you don't understand. Right, it's too late for it. that now. We're too deep. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I don't have to endure that with you. <laughs> did you watch at least the first season, though, Adam? I watched. I did watch the first season, and I did okay. really enjoy the first season. Oh, that's because the first season rules. 
Uh, yeah, the it's unfortunate where it went from what you've told me. It had Anthony Hopkins in it. To be so fair. good. And now we're on season four. I watched the trailer, and as I said in the Discord, which you can join, patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z for one or more dollar a month, you get to join the Discord. (laughs) And as I said there, I have watched every episode of this show twice, at least. Some of them more. I have taken copious notes on every episode, done podcasts about all of them. I have interviewed Ptolemy Slocum, Sylvester from the show. We're deep in this thing. I watched the trailer. I had no fucking clue what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but we gotta see it through we gotta um, of finish season four of westworld and then you know execute our suicide pact <laughs> yeah well you know again that's another thing when uh, we put blood into a chali a uh, multiple chalices mm-hmm. chali and then we crossed <laughs> arms and we drank all of our own blood. We died, came back to life. And from that moment on, we had a soul pact that the moment Westworld ends, we do as well. Wow. I mean, that just shows our level of dedication. Of course. And the day that the Westworld season four finale airs, which is August 21st, 2022, it leads into House of the Dragon, the season one premiere which we will also be doing a show about because you know i mean if we didn't we would be the only ones in the world not uh, right we have to and i'm excited to have adam on that show someone who hasn't Mm -hmm. watched any game of thrones doesn't know the books just for a fresh perspective on here's a tv show that you know nothing about is it good from your perspective i'm looking forward to that as both an audience and a host of the house of the dragon podcast yeah um james what are your is your bar low for House of the Dragon, or are you are you are are you allowing yourself well, I mean, to have how, any hope? How for low it? would you say is the bar of like better than season eight? Not, uh, I mean, pretty fucking low. Right. But I I will also say in <laughs> retrospect, I, we when we were you can go back and listen to us doing episodes about season eight. I think we were coming off as much more positive than almost everyone on Earth was. Well, because like I already had kind of given up with on, on Game of Thrones at that point. I thought the show was bad from somewhere season four or five ish, and so uh, I, like I wasn't as shocked and let down as so many other people were about that. Because uh, for me, it was like, what? So you guys are only just now realizing the show's gone downhill? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think what happened mainly was we complained about the Night King fight because they had been setting it up for. 10 years and it uh happened in one episode which wasn't chill and it looked horrible it was it was one of the worst looking episodes of of a big budget show probably ever made right i when i go back and watch episodes of game of thrones i watch hard home i watch the battle of the wall stuff like that i i do not go and back and and watch that one ever and then Uh, And I said this, I think, at the time. If you didn't see Daenerys' heel turn coming, I think you're a dummy, 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 idiot boy. Yeah. I mean, I also, like, at that point, I had no love left for Daenerys. So, like, if if the show is bad, or, like, if they do do badly by Daenerys, I'm I'm fine. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Right, which is what happened. And then it ended, and HBO was like, we are so so boned and at immediately they were like we need to come up with like eight ideas 
for Game of Thrones world spinoffs in some way. And this is the first one to make it out here. It has a Doctor Who in it and also other people and is set, what, 100 or 200 years before the days of Game of Thrones during a Targaryen dynasty, obviously, uh, when they all still had dragons and they're doing dragon-based bullshit. Yeah, and also very funny, like D&D not involved. Thank goodness. They they basically they tanked their own show. Because Disney was like, yes. come D&D. make Star Wars for us. Right. D and D were the showrunners of Game of Thrones. They sold their souls, made the last few seasons of uh Game of Thrones ostensibly not great because they were promised a Star Wars trilogy, and then the Game of Thrones the end was so bad that they I, lost the Star they, Wars they trilogy. Took it yep. away. <laughs> I remember hearing about this. I, I did hear the fallout of the last season, so that, Very funny, you know, though. That's in me. my brain. Very they're like, funny. Oh, we got to end this show that everyone loves. Let's end it as soon as possible. We can get that Star Wars money, baby. And then, <laughs> guess what? No. <laughs> and then Captain Getting a Kennedy Star Wars them. trilogy no. was contingent on you uh, making a good show. <laughs> yeah, finishing the show you're currently watching. And for. to be fair, Star Wars has not, I mean, not narratively. The movies turned out fine. But, I mean... They have shows all up in Disney+. Plus. Uh, Mandalorian oh, yeah. is widely loved. There are obviously some detractors, but uh, a lot of people like it. The Obi-Wan show is coming up. I bet that will break a bunch of Disney Plus records as well. Yes, please. So need. Star Wars is doing just fine. Right. It does not need D&D <laughs> to come in and do Wolverine's origin Star Wars. No. And before we get out of here, I think we should discuss very quickly... The uh, She-Hulk trailer came out uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday, I believe. Mm. What are our initial reactions to said trailer? Uh, I mean, the show might be whatever. Uh, I I would like to be crushed by She-Hulk's thighs, but sure. Other than that, I have thick. Yeah, no, no strong opinions about the character or the show or. (laughs) I'd be I'm probably not going to watch the rest of Moon Knight. <laughs> James is out. It feels like filler to me. Like, obviously, we see Bruce Banner, Hulk, as smart Hulk. But, like... Right, Marv Ruffalo is it, in it. Yeah, yeah. it does it... It just feels unnecessary. I don't know. It just feels like an unnecessary spinoff show. I could be wrong. I Ta- hope I'm wrong. It has Tatiana Mussolini. She's great. Who is... Amazing. She was so good in Perry Mason uh, mm-hmm. from from the Orphan Black videos I've watched on YouTube because I haven't watched the actual show. She was great in that as well. She's just a really amazing at her craft. And I think she's being put into a situation where, I don't know, I hated the trailer. It <laughs> CGI looked, looks bad. CGI looked terrible. Like All the dialogue was like, the worst of the worst MCU humor that James hates the most. <laughs> I was yeah, but that's what be- people love that. They do. they do. They love it. And that's what gets people to watch it as much as you hate. As much as it's they true. all. Yeah, no, on the MCU forums, they will love that shit. They. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were on the side of Falcon and the Winter Soldier being good. I know James likes that one the best. Really? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I probably like Hawkeye the best. I mean, the, the, but to say uh, that is to misrepresent how I feel, which is that I don't really like any of them. <laughs> Alexa, stop. What the Alexa, fuck? chill. 
Jesus Christ. I don't know. Alexa, what... make me a sandwich. Seriously. That's you want me to cut that? No, that's leave, it in. leave that. Okay. In, yeah. yeah, leave that's that. How that's, that's how that that's how he feels. That's the good stuff. Adam's a terrible misogynist. <laughs> to Alexa only. Yeah. Thank you to our patrons. Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> Sorry, my, now mine's going off. <laughs> Shit. We got to get out of here. Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, James Watch My Dog, Chris Wood, Brent Gooden, Day 11 Westworld, Craig, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. I already said the the shill thing earlier. Right. So if yeah, we had to sum up the point of this episode, big things coming, you guys. Yes. Huge things. And you know, because Ryan and I have never... Said we were going to do something on this show and then not done it. Never. We have not a perfect once, track record. Not <laughs> once has James I'm done, intrigued. A, done, a, done a singular show about a show he totally said he was going to do more of and then <laughs> never did it. So, yeah, upcoming She-Hulk, maybe. Chad can do that. <laughs> Chad should do a solo She-Hulk show. That, I, that would be, I would listen to it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I'll uh, I'll sign him up for that. Maybe we'll be on it. Who could? Uh, House of the Dragon uh, comes after Westworld and Home, a D&D podcast experience brought to you by the HBO boys is upcoming as well, which I'm very excited about. And so, yeah, that, those are Let's all my do words. It. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. do it. Westworld pocket. Howdy, howdy dream. Dream. I can't wait Cowboy. for my first Howdy Dream Cowboys, James. Right, and Chad won't be there to step on it either. <laughs> no. No, he won't. He doesn't ruin it. He makes it better. No. I mean, he's the only one keeping it alive. Yeah, I only say good things about Chad when he's not here. 